Associated, a podcast making venture capital more accessible. My name is Francesca and I'm joined today by my co-host Lois. Hi Lois. Hello. And we're so excited to welcome Ava Rez, who is a uh, senior investment manager at Sky Ventures. In this episode, we're going to discuss Ava's super impressive academic background in finance, her role at Sky Ventures, and how corporate funds differ from other venture funds. And Ava's going to give us some of her latest book recommendations. Hi, Ava. Hi, thank you very much for the invitation. No, we're happy so to excited be here. to have you. <laughs> right, so let's jump into the first question. How did you get into investing? So um, my background is finance. I studied investment management and risk management as well. And then I worked for a while at the Budapest Stock Exchange. So I started from that side of the market. Um, and then it's a quite um, an interesting story how I actually got into investing because um, I was quite busy with work at the stock exchange. I was also doing a CFA, so it was quite a busy period of my life. But I always wanted to live abroad for a while. And so my dad found this advertisement about a scholarship, which is called Fulbright, um, in the US. And uh, we were having lunch and he just basically showed me the article or this advertisement. And he said, you know, why don't you try this if you really want to go and live abroad for a while? And then I told my dad, um, I don't really have time for this. I don't think it's for me. But it was, you know, it was on my mind for a while. Um, so he did the right thing. And then, um, and finally, I, I applied for the scholarship. And um, then finally, they said, for some reasons, visa and stuff like that, you, you can't go to those universities. But we have a similar program for you um, in San Francisco. And um, I had been in San Francisco before, so I was like, um, okay. But one thing, and I'm still very grateful for um, a girl who shared her um, scholarship story. Um, and she basically, um, she was describing the Silicon Valley as like one of the best uh, adventures of her life. Um, so that's something that came back to me when I was thinking, okay, maybe it's not a bad thing to do, go to San Francisco um, and study there for a while. And I think that was the point when I decided that I wanted to learn more about venture capital, uh, which was more nascent in, in Hungary. So it was um, evolving there. Um, so I decided to study venture capital. Um, and obviously, I was in the Silicon Valley. So I tried to exploit it as much as possible in a good way. Um, and that's how I got into VC. And then I found a job from there back home. That's super cool that you studied venture capital. That's quite unique, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it was especially, you know, from the, you know, best source I could could have. Um, so I think I was really excited that the first thing that they taught us was basically, you know, the terms, the term sheet, negotiations and stuff like that. So I think it was quite interesting to see how it works. Um, and then I also decided that I wanted to, you know, uh, get some actual experience. I was um, uh, volunteering for a, a global business angel network called Kairatsu Forum, um, which was a great experience. And I think it also helped me to, you know, to actually understand um, 
you know, what motivates founders, how you do a due diligence process, um, uh, what investors are looking for. So that was um, a very good practical experience besides my studies there. And obviously I went, you know, to all the places I could um, go to Google offices and whatever, um, just to have that, that very fascinating experience, which you can have um, around San Francisco. That's super cool. Can you tell us where you studied and what the course was? So um, I studied at Golden Gate University um, and um, it was basically a certificate in finance, uh, which gave me a lot of flexibility. So by then I already had a master's in finance. Um, so for me, it was more about um, choosing subjects um, or courses that I hadn't had a chance to kind of study before. So that's how venture capital came. Favorite um, course there um, because I just learned a lot about entrepreneurship and um, I think the different mindsets of um, investors and entrepreneurs, but obviously how they, you know, then kind of get together and how the whole ecosystem works. So I think that was um, that was very useful. And do you think that having an academic background in venture capital gives you a kind of different base to most other VCs? Um, what I see now is that a lot of VC funds try to hire people with um, an entrepreneur mindset or more like with a tech background. So I think there is a change, um, but I think they do um, they do appreciate if you have some um, finance background or you actually understand numbers, you actually understand a term sheet, um, you, you, know, you know how to read um, a, a financial report or a business plan. Um, and I think you just have to find how you can add value to a, a VC firm. Um, and hopefully I can add value with that knowledge and um, throughout my career I learned quite a lot about also the entrepreneur mindset and then I would also um, encourage people who have tech background if they want to get into VC I think that's a great advantage because you know they they've been there they know it so I think they can kind of um, um, resonate with um, founders they can empathize with their um, difficulties and challenges so I think um, that's also very valuable knowledge um, yeah so I think both Awesome. So you had this fab degree and then did you go back to Hungary? Is that right? To work at a fund there? Yeah. So um, to be very honest, I didn't really want to leave San Francisco by then, but um, the scholarship is uh, very smart. It's set up in a very smart way because the whole purpose is to kind of take back your um, knowledge to your country and, and, you know, help the local ecosystem to kind of develop. And um, and then I was interviewing from there with um, Day One Capital, which then became my uh, VC firm. Um, and um, so that was a, also a really good experience because um, I was there for three and a half years. And um, I think um, I could learn a lot because it was uh, at that time, um, you know, a smaller VC firm. And uh, I... I had a, a whole overview of like how a VC firm works, um, how you manage a fund, how you deal with uh, LPs, investors, but at the same time, how you deal with founders, startups. Um, so I, I had to kind of understand different stakeholders' mindsets, um, what is important to them, uh, what kind of challenges they face. Um, so I think that was a really good learning curve for me. Um, and I'm very grateful for that experience. Yeah, so because it was a small team, you kind of got to experience all aspects of the deal flow all the way through to like negotiation and then portfolio management. 
Yeah, that's right. So basically, uh, we did everything from scouting startups, going to events, building our network, building kind of the visibility of the whole VC firm and the fund, building our track record, which um, uh, I think was also um, very successful um, at the end because uh, we managed to raise a third fund by the time when I left for my MBA in London. And then also, you know, um, uh, we were involved in a, a startup uh, from the very beginning. We uh, we did the due diligence. We then we were engaged with the founders, and then we were also responsible for the portfolio management. So not just monitoring the companies, but trying to help them on the way with different um, tools that we we had. So I think it was a really good. It was a really good um, thing. Um, and besides that, what I would mention is a lot of people just don't see how important it is, I think, to kind of, um, you know, understand the unit economics of a VC, um, you know, how a VC operates. And, and there is a lot of work behind the scenes which people don't see. So they only see that, oh, it's a really, you know, cool job because you just engage with um, founders and you invest mm -hmm. in them, uh, which... But I, I did enjoy that you you can actually learn how to operate a VC firm and what matters to investors and how you can be credible for your next fund and build a track record or some traction. So it's very similar to an entrepreneur's journey, but on the other side. So I think that's something that people don't really know, but I think that's also very exciting. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> such a good point. So you talked about getting to do portfolio management in an entry-level role, and I think that's super interesting because often... Um, it's quite difficult to know, as you were just speaking about, what kind of value you can add to a fund. So could you, could you talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you did while you were at that fund around portfolio management? How did you support some of those companies? Yeah, so I was, um, I have to say, I was quite lucky because I was um, looking after AI Motive, which is probably the most well-known startup in Hungary, uh, which was in our portfolio, which is still in the portfolio. Um, and uh, I was on the advisory board. And I think as a local investor, uh, it was a Hungarian team, but with um, international co-investors, mm -hmm. I think our role and then my role was to try to support the company, um, you know, with, with stuff like maybe hiring or, or finding the right people or just also it's not just you know being engaged with the company but with the co-investors so the I think they also relied on us as a local partner that we are close to the company we can go to their offices mm -hmm. so I think we we built a very good relationship with the co-investors with the with the founder and the team so I think just um, having that very open and a transparent um, conver conversation in between the different parties I think that that helped a lot and then in other cases, it was also, you know, sometimes just um, having those sometimes difficult conversations with other, you know, companies and um, and founders and the team if something is not um, mm. is not on track. Um, but it might be difficult at that point, but it might help them on on long term. I think that's also very important. Um, and then, yeah, also like kind of you know, monitoring their activities, they're you know, asking for reports. I know it sounds very boring and a lot of founders um, don't like it, but I think that's how you can actually kind of, um, you know, keep them on track, uh, make sure that they meet the milestones. If they don't, you know, how we can kind of pivot together, what solutions we can look for. So I think just having those chats uh, with them is very important from time to time, um, even if it's it, it can be challenging for both parties. Yeah, last week we spoke about the same thing with Andy, actually. We said, you know, sometimes the most difficult conversations can end up being the most valuable, both to the investor and the founder. For me, I do appreciate 
appreciate about my current team is that it's very transparent and I think it's very transparent towards external parties as well. Mm -hmm. And I think having that open communication um, is really important in real life as well, in your work, uh, no matter what we talk about. And I think that really helps if you build that trust in between um, you and the founders, I think um, they will be more willing to share mm -hmm. any challenges they face um, because they will see that you try to help and you're not there just to, you know, kind of um, ask very difficult questions all the time. Um, so I think that's why it's important because you can prevent disaster disasters mm -hmm. if you actually, um, you know, um, kind of spot any problems before it, it happens. So that's why I think, um, you know, asking for a quarterly report or even monthly reports and just, you know, kind of um, see what the companies are doing. Um, sometimes we see, oh, there's a cash flow issue or, you know, they, they are not meeting their KPIs or um, then, you know, we can just sit down, talk it through and maybe we find a solution together. Um, so I think that's, um, that's hopefully helpful for, for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you do after this fund that you were working for? You said you worked there for a couple of years. So what, what was next on the journey? So um, this living abroad thing didn't go away. <laughs> so <laughs> after um, three and a half years, I decided that I wanted to do an MBA. Um, and I always loved London. Um, so I really wanted to do it here at Halt Business School. And during my MBA, I was already looking for internships or, you know, um, different roles because I thought that's the best way to kind of get involved in the local ecosystem. Um, it's obviously, it's always different no matter where you go. So you want to get to know the different, you know, participants in the ecosystem. You want to get to know people. You want to understand how the dynamics work within that local ecosystem. So um, I was quite, I think... Brave, and I reached out to a lot of people via just LinkedIn. But I think my background that I already had, I had already worked for a VC. Mm. I think it did help. And then, um, and then finally, I got this internship with Episode One Ventures, which is um, a London-based early-stage tech investor. Um, so I'm going to stop you there because <laughs> I, um, I also knew about this role, and I think we had a chat about it. How many people applied for this role? So they told me that there were more than 200 people for that internship. Um, wow. Well, <laughs> so, uh, incredible crazy. that you managed to get um, in the internship. But from what we've already heard, you can tell why. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I think it was a really good experience again. Um, it's a you know it's an incredible team, uh, very smart people, very different approaches to to manage a fund or to um, you know to talk to startups, and that's what I really enjoyed. That I I could learn from different um, personalities, different types of people, but somehow they work very well together, um, and uh, I think they do some really good investments. Um, so I spent half a year there, and it was just a great experience and they also supported me throughout the way um, I really appreciated that they sent me to different events so they they really supported me to kind of um, you know get really involved in the in the ecosystem um, so I think that was also a very good um, experience along the journey and then next and so next um, obviously um, then I I thought or I felt I really wanted to live in London after this this year and I was looking for a permanent role um, and 
I think it was also an interesting transition from traditional VC to corporate VC. So that was something that I, you know, I was thinking about whether I make this transition or not. Um, and I had the reasons to do that. And I think it was a great choice um, or a great decision. Um, and so I got this role in January or I started this role in, uh, in January this year at Sky in the startup investments and partnerships team. And could you tell us a little bit more about Sky Ventures? Yeah, so um, basically um, we are a corporate venture capital firm, a corporate VC, so we are very embedded within Sky. That also means that we don't have a dedicated fund, uh, but basically in every other way I think we operate as a VC firm. Um, and so, yeah, as, as our name um, tells, it's not just startup investments, but it's also partnerships, so we also try to help companies um, to get a commercial, you know, to get into a commercial partnership with Sky if, if you know, that makes sense. Um, so we are a team of five in London and we have one colleague in Berlin. So it's quite a lean team, uh, but it also means that it's very exciting. And again, I think we have, um, you know, a lot of transparency around who does what, which helps me a lot to navigate through, um, you know, our roles and, and such a big corporate. And what's your role specifically then? What are you mostly responsible for? So basically our team consists of two smaller teams. So I'm in the investment team, which means that I can still, you know, source deals, but my main um, job is to, to do the transactions, the investments, um, including due diligence and all the engagement with the, the companies and the founders, and then also portfolio management. And as I said, all the other stuff that people don't see. So financial <laughs> reporting and stuff like that. Why I think it's different from my previous role is that because we are part of a, a company, I can blend you know, my previous role. So I used to work in business development at the Budapest Stock Exchange and then in VC. And here you have to use both uh, because there are different stakeholders, business units. You really want to understand what they are looking for. Um, also, you want to understand what directions the company is going to. But also, if you you know spot a very interesting trend or you think you know Sky should go into this direction, um, I don't want to use the word um, you know be a thought leader. But basically, we can be a thought leader, or we can kind of bring in that that idea and um, start a conversation with the right um, stakeholders within Sky. That's really cool. So I guess I'm curious about. To what extent, you said that you can be a sort of thought leader and you can, ident I assume it's from things like identifying trends and the kind of businesses that you're seeing and you can bring those into Sky and say, hey, look at this cool stuff. Do you think Sky should be moving in that direction? Um, and to what extent does that direction also come from the business units that you interact with? So basically, um, I would say that we have two purposes within Sky as the startup investments team. Uh, one of them is kind of drive growth. And I would say that any business development initiatives that when we think that, you know, oh, this is, um, this is going to be the next big thing or this is um, a, a very interesting trend that we should actually think about, I think then we can bring that in. But it's really important just as, you know, if you work for a traditional VC fund, you really have to build up the investment rational or the investment and thesis for that particular investment and I think here also if you just if you think that we should kind of embrace that new focus area because it's going to be part of our future we just have to find find the right angle to it for Sky and I think if we can explain it to the management or um, you know um, to our broader team which is um, the business development and stra strategic partnerships team so if we can kind of you know make it clear why we think um, it's 
you know, uh, it's crucial for Sky to think about it, I think that would, um, you know, that would be considered. So I think one thing is driving growth. And the other thing that we're also looking at is accelerating capabilities within Sky. Um, so that means more, you know, to engage with, with different stakeholders within Sky and uh, let it be product or customer service or advertisement. So we really need to understand, um, you know, what those business units are looking for, what their own kind of strategy is within within Sky. That's really interesting. So could you give us um, some examples? Um, sure, yeah. So I think a very interesting example is Roku. Roku, so that's a streaming company. Um, they basically provide um, streaming players or hardware and operating system. And um, Now TV um, was looking for... Uh, basically a, a hardware solution um, as an OTT platform. Um, and then Sky decided not to develop it um, themselves, but rather to invest in a company which already have those devices and um, those capabilities. So that's how Roku, Roku came into play. And then uh, basically we invested in Roku um, and now, now TV runs on those streaming uh, boxes. So that was basically also commercial partnership or that commercial angle to it, but then also an investment because we thought it would be strategic for, for Sky. So that's one thing we did. Um, and since then we exited Roku, there was an IP on Nasdaq, so um, we had a couple of exits already. Another example that I could give is Circle, which is an American company. And we invested in the company, first of all, because they wanted to enter the UK market and we thought it's a good fit with what we do. And parental control is becoming a big thing in this digital world. And we thought that would be a very um, good added value to our value proposition, especially with broadband. Um, so now it's part of the broadband body um, product, so to say. Um, so people can kind of, you know, limit how much time their children spend um, on different devices. Um, they can manage it across the home um, and also what their children watch. So Basically, that was the idea behind it. And now all the, the Sky customers um, can have access to, to that parental control. They're super cool examples of really successful commercial partnerships. I think that's so cool. Um, so obviously, I think like with corporate funds, the value proposition tends to be the strategic partnerships and the commercial deals that you can do. And I think, I'm, am I right in saying at Sky, you have a separate team that deals with that side of things? Yeah, so within our startup investments team, um, uh, my colleagues, um, they are also doing a lot of scouting and also because they've been with, they've been with Sky for 10 years or so, um, they know a lot about, you know, the infrastructure, different business units, their drivers and stuff like that. So um, I think they are a really good um, connection for, for everyone, for startups and also for internal stakeholders. And uh, basically they um, help those conversations um, you know, to go through um, and uh, assess whether um, Sky wants to have a trial with the companies, um, you know, if we have a successful trial that it might um, convert into a proper commercial partnership. Mm -hmm. So it definitely originates in our team. Amazing. And what stage do you tend to invest in? 
So we are quite opportunistic. So we do investments from seed up to Series FG. Um, I would say it's more around the strategic fit um, that really matters to us. Um, and I guess for the startups as well. So we did seed investment, but we did later stage investments as well. Um, we typically follow in the rounds. Um, so we don't tend to lead, although we can. And, um, you know, uh, we sign up for the terms that any other investors would um, sign up. Um, we take minority um, ownership stake. Um, and uh, what we typically do is we also take a board observer seat. Um, and um, hopefully that also helps startups to, you know, to get access to our in-house experts to get access to our infrastructure, data, um, anything that Sky can offer to an early stage company. Um, and then in terms of geographies, we cover the US, Europe and Israel mainly. And who takes the board observer seats? Is it the investment team or is it like subject matter experts from within Sky? So it's both. Um, it really depends on, you know, the company and, and the company's needs. Um, so we have examples for both. Mm. Um, but I think at the moment we have um, probably more in-house experts than um, than from our team. Oh, very cool. So you, you've mentioned some great examples as to why startup founders should look towards strategic partnerships within corporates. And you, you're seeing them pop up the whole time. Big businesses opening up an arm. Um, quite curious to know how do you find these guys um because it might not necessarily be the first um thing to think about as a founder sky would be my perfect um sort of companion or maybe it is but how do you go out and find them so i i still believe that the best sources um for for a good deal flow is, um, you know, either co-investors that you have relationship with. Um, so the co-investors we've already invested with. Um, we also did a couple of fund investments, to be honest, um, which is not our core focus, but it just helps us as we are a very lean team to get more access to deal flow um, into certain, you know, verticals or um, into cer certain geographies. So I think that's, that's very helpful for us. Um, so I think co-investing with other investors that's very helpful because um, because you know what the other investor is looking for. Um, and besides that, I also believe that um, another good source is founders or portfolio companies. They can bring a lot of um, you know value um, into into your fund and just going to events so we try to attend a lot of events um different conferences in the us in europe and in israel so all the geographies where we are present um at so um i think that's um that's that's another way um to do it um so basically we use all the sources at the moment we have quite a big deal flow so it's it's rather an issue to kind of narrow it down um but we we do that so we we have pipeline meetings every week and and what we do is we really try to assess you know what companies could be relevant for sky as for sky whether it's in our focus area and then from there uh, we can take it forward as discussed before and purely for my own nosiness i'm curious what are sort of the sectors or trends that you personally get really excited about when a when a company comes through and you're like yes that's nailing the trends that we're seeing at sky and you know this could potentially be a really good partnership so um 
I'm, you know, I'm still learning a lot at Sky, which is, um, which is a very good forum to learn actually at meetings. Um, as I said, people share a lot of information. Uh, we get a lot of management updates. So I think it's really useful. Um, so at the moment I, you know, I'm excited about many things, but I think, um, the two new investments, which I can't really talk about, but they are, <laughs> let's say in the gaming and sports, digital sports space, um, and then also interactivity. So I, I think that's a very exciting area um what's interactivity <laughs> so um i think you want your you know um customers or viewers or audience to be engaged with the content right so it can be you know you can do it different way either you kind of um try to um involve them in the storytelling or you know if you can kind of uh, play with the content uh, because it's kind of tactile or you can actually you know touch and feel what's going on i think that's a very exciting thing as well um so there are different ways to do that that's really cool so you mean like the black mirror episode that netflix did where you could like choose your own adventure so I have to admit, I didn't watch that series because I was a little scared <laughs> based on what other people told I watched me. the first one and I was like, it was the pig. Oh, oh yeah, but... Yeah, uh, put me off. The interactive ones. I heard about that. Uh, and actually, I'm really, really curious, but I just didn't dare to watch it yet. Uh, but I guess, yeah, it's something, something similar to that. So, yeah. In the most recent season, there's an episode with Miley Cyrus that's probably like safe to watch Ava should we go watch that one <laughs> sure yeah it's a deal it's a day <laughs> so while you two are watching Black Mirror I've, I'm gonna have some downtime if you were to recommend me some reading yeah. what would you what would you suggest I pick up I do watch series by the way uh, so uh, one book that I really liked um, it's called Shoe Dog it's uh, written by Nike's founder Phil Knight um, and I think um, it's you know it's a great story I didn't even know how Nike started and uh, I think it's just fascinating to learn about those details and if you talk about transparency or you know open communication between um, founders themselves or founders and investors I think you can learn a lot about that and he's very you know kind of bold about his challenges so I think it's it's a really good read um I also read Bad Blood, uh, which is about Theranos, um, which um, is, again, I think a very um, exciting story, although it's not a, it's not a happy ending. Um, but what you can learn from it is, you know, how you kind of um, navigate through boards. And I think that's um, what you know what it really tells me is that it's really important that, that you do your job and if you see that something is not right um you know you put a, a word in it in in it for it um so i think that's um that's something that that you can learn from that story and i think a lot of people still don't dare to raise their voice if something is going wrong but but we should um i think that's so important francesca and i read this book as well <laughs> obviously like everyone else um and we spoke about the same thing that is like this cautionary tale against letting yourself be led down a path by a really charismatic founder and actually you need to like get under the hood and go and spend some time there and make sure that you know what's in every room <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's so true and i think um just to add to that when you read it you think this can't get any worse. And then you turn the page and you're like, oh my goodness, it's got worse. And yeah, really encourage you to read it. Great, great advice, Ava. Any other gems? I 
Um, so there's one, but it's in Hungarian. It's completely out of um, the startup <laughs> world, but I think it's a really interesting thing. And it might be an interesting thing for startups to think about as an idea is um, this whole transgeneration traumas. So it's more like a psychological book written by a Hungarian uh, psychologist uh, called Orvos Tóth Noemi. And I think it's just... Sorry, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, it's a Hungarian We'll write name. it in the description. We'll definitely write it yeah. in the description. <laughs> I hope it will be published in English at one point but I know that there are uh, books in this topic um, so I think it's really interesting to learn how you know different traumas or events can go through your genes basically um, so what happened to your grandmother or to your mother or even your great you know grandparents it will have an impact on your life and the patterns that you follow in your life so I think that's a really interesting thing um, so I'm I'm reading it at the moment. Um, sorry to be boring and financy, but that reminds me of something I read recently, which said that your um, financial behaviour is set in stone from childhood. By the time you're like 10 years old, it's set what your patterns will be, whether you'll be a saver or a spender or anything like that. And I think it's the same kind of psychological principles. Yeah, I now I'm thinking about myself and I think it's it's probably true but I, I do believe that you can change patterns and you can change behaviors although it it, it, it must be very difficult um but yeah I think I think um that that's very true that's what I like about innovation though because it's trying to drive change um regardless of whether it's kind of massaging our existing needs and desires or just completely taking what we think would be mad 10 years ago and putting it on the plate and saying, actually, guys, this is what you need. You might not have thought about it. And I think that's what the big guys like Amazon, prime example, I read an article about how Amazon Web Services, no one was asking for it, but they they saw an opportunity within their own business and thought, okay, this is probably what some people would want. And hey, presto, like it's the biggest part of their company in terms of um, profitability. So I think it's it's such a good point that... Some things are ingrained, but founders especially are the ones that can make changes to their own environment and get everyone behind them, which yeah. is makes it such an exciting industry to work in and innovation. I agree. And I also think so that's why when you know when people just feel that they just need to become a startup or a founder. Um, I don't agree with that. I think you need that drive. You need to find that motivation and you need to have a, a really good idea. Um, although execution is key, but I think without having that, um, you know, disruptive idea or whatever idea, you, you, won't, you won't make it there. And I wouldn't, you know, force people into entrepreneurship uh, without having that mindset or having that spark in their brain, which then starts the whole you know process because i think that's that's really important and also as we know timing is very important so sometimes you have a great idea you just didn't come up with that at the right time so luck and execution is also very important but you shouldn't you know um you should be brave to kind of do what you want and just you'll see how it goes <laughs> so bravery great idea timing is there anything else that when you you meet a founder I just like you've got all the ingredients. What what are the do you have any other things that you look for in a founder when you meet them? So I think these are probably the key things, but I definitely want to see that drive, that ambition, because sometimes I meet companies where I say, oh, this is a good idea. I really like the product, but I just don't see that, you know, motivation in the founder, which for me is really important. I also, although 
I'm talking about execution, but I want to see that vision, which, you know, you, you still need to be down to earth to a certain extent. So you still need to kind of think about the next couple of months and not just, you know, going off um, and then doing random things. But I think without that vision, you, you just, you know, what kind of path do you do you follow so i think that's really important to to understand the vision um to understand how you want to build your team your culture so all those little bits and pieces will will matter a lot it's it's not just about the product and it's not just about the founder itself it's about how he will build that company um starting off from one or two people and then you know becoming uh, maybe a thousand employee company so how we how he will be able or she will be able to to face those challenges throughout the journey so I think that kind of also mindset and that kind of courage I want to see that in a founder as well and just to pick up on something that you said earlier as well and people being able to change behavior and patterns I think I totally agree with you and self-awareness around that is so key to being able to um, navigate those challenges yeah, um, yeah, I think um, that's something that probably our generation is learning now because I don't know about where I come from, you know, um, in, in our parents' generation, people didn't know that they can change patterns. But I think now we see that we can, we can kind of disrupt things. Uh, so I think um, just, um, you know, having that kind of inspiration and bravery, I think that will help you um, get through that sometimes difficult journey. And flipping it on its side a little bit, what do you think makes a really good investor and specifically one that works for a corporate? So I think especially within a corporate, um, but also as just as an investor, I think it might sound, it might sound very cheesy, but I think being a good person um, and, you know, being, yeah, good person and a good communicator understanding what different stakeholders need whether it's the founder whether it's your management whether it's you know a business unit I think um, people will will appreciate if they see that uh, you have good intentions you try to help them you you, you know you want to 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 do the best for them um, so then they will they will build trust or that will ultimately build trust uh, in between you. And I think you can then rely on that very firm relationship. So being a good person, being honest and very transparent, I think that works. And, and yeah, as I said, in, in, in the current team, that's what I, I see. And I really like that openness. I absolutely love that. I think that's so cool. Really good advice. And are you looking for any more good people to join you at the moment at Sky? Um, yeah, definitely. So um, in the summer, we participated in the Diversity VC um, internship program, which was called Future VC. Um, and we had a really good experience with our intern. It was a couple of months uh, throughout the summer. So um, we will hire another intern very soon uh, because we think that that would be a very beneficial and fruitful relationship, hopefully. Um, so yeah, we are looking for an intern very soon. Fantastic, very exciting. And um, kind of a perfect question that's come in from our network is, um, how do I prepare for a case study for a uh, venture capital interview? Is it just worth explaining a little bit about what a case study is first as well? Because I'm just thinking sort of, I'm not sure that everyone will know what that even means and that that's actually quite a common occurrence at VC interviews. Yes, I think that's actually a really good idea. 
So I can, you know, basically walk you through my example because uh, when I was interviewing with um, with Episode One and also with Sky and also with other VC funds, I always got a case study, which meant I got a company or more companies um, that I, I typically didn't have too much time to kind of uh, evaluate or assess. Um, I got some information uh, which they shared. Either it was a deck that they shared with me or you know, just some summary about the company. Um, and then basically I had to build up an investment thesis. So I had to um, sum up what I think about the company, you know, what I learned about the company, and then also whether I think we should invest or not and what the reasons are for my decision. Um, and what how I typically prepared all those I think at episode one, it was like, I just went into their offices and then I got the, the deck. So I, I, I got maybe 20 minutes to look it through and then just come up with some ideas and questions as well. Um, is I really trying to you know, look for my key selection criteria. So, you know, what problem they are solving, what is the product that they are selling, um, what kind of differentiators they have compared to their competitors, um, what is the market potential. Um, I think that's a very important question, especially for you know traditional VCs, not necessarily for a corporate VC because it's more around the strategic fit, but definitely for a um, traditional VC firm or fund. Um, so I would say you know, product, uh, market potential, and and then the team, what you can learn from the deck or, you know, what you get to know, whether you assess the team to be able to execute, as we discussed earlier, um, what their execution plan is um, and, you know, how they plan to kind of go through those milestones. Um, and then a nice to have if you can take a look at their, you know, financial projections and maybe exit strategies and stuff like that. So you can add some, you know, nice elements to, to your assessment assessment, but I think these are the, the key selection criteria that I would go through. I, I would give uh, uh, my decision, um, but then also um, I think having some questions in mind, what you would ask from the founders, I think that's very, very helpful because it shows what you, what you, how you would challenge them, what you'd like to understand. Um, so I think that's part of the case study. And then another element could be um, analyzing a term sheet. Or, you know, um, so I had to do that as well. Um, so it's it's good to be familiar with, a, you know, at least a van vanilla term sheet and understand what, I don't know, drag along means or, or different terms um, and be able to say, you know, I think this is right. This is entrepreneur friendly. This is investor friendly. Also, if you can read a cap table, you know, I think that's, that's also very useful for these um, case studies because you might get one. Great. Um I mean, that's absolute gold dust. Uh, thank you so much, Anissa, for those questions. Well, for that question. So you'll be going for a coffee or call. I'm looking uh, forward to yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you. I was just going to add on to the end of that. What you were saying about um, if you need to analyze a term sheet. And I was thinking for people who um, maybe haven't had roles in VC before, a really good book to read to add to your list of recommendations is Venture Deals by Brad Feld and Jason Mendelssohn, which is like basically the Bible for most people. <laughs> um, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ava, for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch? Um, so you definitely find me on, on LinkedIn, Eva Rez, um, and a lot of people already reach out with their startups, which I do like. Um, and um, yeah, through our website, you can also find us, which is startups.sky.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for listening to Associated. You can find us on Twitter at Associated underscore pod. And if you follow the link to our anchor page, you can send us a voice message. Or if you're a little shy, you can send a note to associatedpodcast at gmail.com. And please don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Bye.